0: This is episode 142 of the Fearless Launching Show. Today we're actually going to talk about what I think seems to be everyone's favorite topic. If you have an online business, if you have a blog, if you have a website, if you've ever put up a launch sales page, and that is how to get more traffic. Hi, I'm Ann Samoilov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done-for-you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it let's get into today's episode. Welcome to another episode. I don't know why I said what I said in the intro, but it really does seem like this is everyone's favorite topic. It seems like no matter where I turn, if I'm on Pinterest, if I even open up Pinterest, it seems like Maybe I'm obsessed with that too, but I keep running across posts, blog posts, podcasts, downloads, resources, all that stuff on getting more traffic to your blog, to your sales page, to your webinars, to your whatever. And of course, it's important. I mean, some people buy traffic. There's a whole podcast, The Art of Paid Traffic, um, that I think is amazing. So it is important to get people eyes attention on what you're doing. But the topic itself, I won't lie, I got sucked into it. I got sucked into all these resources. And I realized it's not the first time it's happened. See, a few years ago, I was trying to create three different, okay, there was like a, I would say a good six months where I was creating three different pieces of content each week, a video for YouTube, a blog post, and a podcast. Until I said, wait, okay, this is way too much, I can't handle this anymore. And this is not really getting me more traffic, more leads or more sales, I'm just having more headaches. And I literally turn around and I'm creating another piece of content instead of getting what I've created out to the world. So basically, I stopped and I returned to an easier once a week schedule, that, a publishing schedule that worked a lot better for me. And now today, I'm going to share what I know about the myths of getting more traffic and some really small but powerful actions that you can take to get you, you more eyes on what matters most to you and your business. So before we dive into that, let's talk about some of the main reasons you might want traffic. And you might wanna jot some of those reasons down now. Why do you want traffic? Do you equate more eyes, more traffic with more sales? Okay, sure. What about more eyes equaling more subscribers, more like a more mailing, mailing list subscribers? Okay, perhaps. What about more chances to help people? I hope so, right? And what about just bragging rights? Yeah, so, so I've got 15,000 page views on my site. Be honest with yourself. Why do you want more traffic? Once you know the why, then you can really focus on how you're gonna go get that traffic. Because traffic for traffic's sake is kind of pointless, right? So traffic to its site with no opt-in or a way for someone to sign up for, let's say, a mailing list or some sort of resource means your list doesn't grow. Traffic sent to a site with nothing to buy means you can't make more sales. Traffic sent to a landing page or a page on your website, but there's no way to even inquire about how to work with you, again, not going to help you. So, knowing why you want the traffic allows you to figure out the best way or ways to get it. I'm going to actually keep it that simple because we're going to get to more strategies below. But all of this means is that you really should just think about your, think about to yourself, why do I want this traffic? Okay. Before we get to the strategies, let's dive into one more thing. And this is something that I, you know, I really feel like this is a big question before and it'll help you once you get into some of those, these suggestions. Though, I know if you're anything like me, you're probably like, okay, where are those suggestions in? because I just want to try those. But listen to this, true or false, I just want you to answer this honestly. Do you believe that when you post more, you get more traffic? Because I've definitely heard that. I've heard, you know, you should post three times a week if you're a blogger, if that's your job, if that's your business as being a blogger, to get more traction, to get more traffic. But here's my question about all that. And that may indeed work, but traffic doesn't mean that they stay there or they want to buy what you're selling or that you even have anything of value for them to see. You may have gotten them because you were able to write posts that were, you know, had really good keywords, or maybe they're just random lifestyle pieces that are on very universal topics. But it doesn't mean, more traffic doesn't mean you all of a sudden have a thriving business. You really want to, really want to think about that. So, gaming the system. And this is kind of what I call that. I mean, I don't think SEO is necessarily gaming the system, but gaming the system has never been my way to get more people onto the site, onto my site. And to be totally honest here, my site traffic is not great and it never has been. It is not in the tens of thousands a month unless I'm running ads, unless I'm doing a launch and it's probably because I don't spend a ton of time worrying about SEO to the point where I'm, I'm so concerned about how many times I've put keywords into posts. Sure, I follow the the guidelines that Yoast tells me, and I wait until it says "good" in the side <laughs> on the side of my post in WordPress. And there's the green light, go. But other than that, I honestly probably could be doing a way better job with the gaming part. <laughs> and I think upping your content on your site once you've got an audience is actually a really great way. To keep them there. But while you're building it, you should really be appearing on other people's sites just as much as you're publishing on your own. So again, back to this why. Why do you want this traffic? What do you plan on doing with the traffic once it's there? What is your end kind of vision for your business? Where are you headed? And the truth is you can give your content, and this is really my approach, is you can give However often you post, you can give your content more bang for its buck for the hours that you spent creating it if you just spend a little bit more time promoting it. Now, this is something I learned back in the day. I say back in the day because it's definitely been several years at this point. But Derek Halpern's blog, The Converts, is still my go-to course if I need ideas for what to post to actually bring in the right readers and have them, in quotes, do what I'm hoping they'll do. So if you need help with the actual content part and you're not sure what to put on your blog, definitely check that program out if you've got a blog and you want to start building it. that That is definitely one of the places that I really learned about content archetypes, blog, blog post types, and since that time... What I've done is I've come up with some various ways that I like to use to get more eyes on my content. They're not just any old eyes either, but they're people who are likely to be interested in what I'm going to be selling, creating, or offering. All right, so let's get into the meat of this. What are we going to do to get more eyes on our content? Now, this this is just assuming you know the why and you've got some really specific outcomes that you want for that traffic. So for me, I'm always thinking how to get more people to take take advantage of any of the launch resources that I've got. So I might be thinking about my launch workbook, I might think about any of the cheat sheets that I've created, maybe an on-demand webinar. And in fact, my why for each individual blog post might be different. Now generally, I like to batch my reasons just like I like to batch my work, meaning generally for a couple of months, let's say prior to a launch, the call to action, the why, the reason why I want that traffic is for a launch. It's for an upcoming promotion. It's for a product of some sort. So that really helps me figure out my why. So what I would suggest for you to do is think about your why on a 90-day basis. this is something that I've learned from Todd Herman and the 90-day year really first of all, batching, kind of like really having like, because it really is a powerful exercise. If you, if anybody knows about batching, I don't think it's any new concept really when it comes to productivity, but putting like items together and getting through it instead of kind of constantly switching from task to task to task to task. So... Think about what your why, why you want traffic in the next 90 days. Why do you want that traffic? And be really, really specific about it. So specific that you're, I want traffic so that, and then fill in the blank. So these strategies that I'm going to share with you, these seven, I think I've got seven here, are really for you, specifically if you pub, actually there's eight, because as I was preparing the script for this, I saw someone else put something up, and I'm like, oh, that's actually a really great way to promote uh, your stuff. That, that's one that I kind of forgot about. So these are going to be perfect for you if you've got a podcast, if you've got a weekly blog or newsletter, if you've got weekly stuff that you do, this is going to be great for you. But it doesn't matter. Whatever frequency you have, if you have regular publishing times, this is going to be great for you. And in fact, you could do this if you've been away for a while. You could use some of these strategies to just kind of start reminding people that you're there because sometimes that happens. You know, we fall off the radar. We go off the grid with our families or for whatever other reasons. We might not be doing our work on a regular basis. You don't want to just stop publishing. So even if you can't create new stuff, there's always ways to get more eyes on the stuff you have created. So strategy number one is pretty simple. Actually, number one and number two are very closely related with one minor difference. So repurposing and republishing your content. Now repurposing might not be the right word here. But really what I mean is you literally republish your content with updates, substantial updates. So not just changing a few words, but adding content, adding resources, adding other formats. This is something I've been doing for a couple of years. I w- would, pan- would kind of go into my archives because I didn't want to create any more new content. And I would say, oh, I'm going to do a podcast for that. So that's what I've been doing. Sometimes I'll add a video to an old post and just republish it. What I like to do is really figure out parts of the year that I'm gonna need to do that. So holidays, summer vacation. I'm thinking in terms of me being a mom and there are gonna be natural times when I won't be really able to create new stuff. And it I will still have to look at the stuff, but I won't have to create it from scratch. So it really helps me as a mom And as the many changes that I've had in the past few years, moving and whatnot, to really say, oh, in June, I'm going to republish this, or let's say during a launch, I just republish. I try not to do a ton of new stuff because I've been talking about product launches for so long that I got the content. I just might need to update it, make it deeper, richer, provide some more stuff, some more downloads for it. And as you'll see in number two, there's some other things that I can do to just clean up the posts, clean up the old posts. But in this first strategy, it's really just making the content better, republishing it as a new post. Now, I can do this easily because I don't, the way that my permalinks are set up in my WordPress site, it's literally like annesmoylove.com forward slash and then the URL. So there's no dates involved. So for me, it's very easy. Though I don't know, you may have to do a different way. You might have to republish posts slightly differently. So I'm gonna tell you what I'm doing. And all I have to do is hit republish and put a date on it. So the great thing about this is that Google loves it when we make our content better, stronger, and updated, because then it means it's more relevant, right? So I would say go back through your content and look for that cornerstone content, that content, some people, I think uh, Karen Gunton, she calls it the lighthouse content, the stuff that people know you for and that come back to you for. Maybe the stuff that has, has historically led up to launches. Find that really important stuff and go back in and update it, and then republish it. So, strategy number two, which I said was related, is really just cleaning up your old posts, updating titles, your content, the keywords maybe that are used in you know make, you know fixing up the the SEO for the post. Look for things you can improve in that old content you were so passionate about when you first did it, when you first published. You can do things, like I said, like adding a content upgrade to those posts. And maybe it's just a simple graphic, like a simple bar that goes somewhere in the post saying, hey, if you like this, go grab this, and then pop it back in your queue for sharing on social media. So this works for me. Honestly, sometimes I will repost things as new. And sometimes I will just update them and leave them. But For me, it's very easy to republish. I'm saying that if it's not for you, then maybe clean it up is really what you should do. Like I said, I don't have dates on my posts. I haven't for a long time and it just works better for me like that. And by the way, I recently did this to a post about bullet journaling that was doing super well, super well, is that really necessary that I talk like that? Anyways, it was doing really well According to Google Analytics, it's historically, for the last two years, been one of the top ranking posts about bullet journaling. So I said, oh, well, that's interesting. I'm going to do a podcast and then see if we can get some more eyes on it, on it, and So that's another way you can, you can choose which posts you clean up. Maybe you look at what historically over the past six months has been doing better than anything else or is still in the top 10. Maybe even if it's an old post, another post like that for me is the, uh, I have like a teams related post that's really this giant roundup post with a ton of resources for for hiring and for building your virtual team and uh, that hasn't left the top 10 in the last four years so for me I look for the strongest performers to clean up and then I also look for the ones that I think are really good if actually here's the thing I'll clean up the ones that are really good and that are getting a lot of traffic to them. And then what I'll do to the ones that aren't getting so much traffic, but I think that they should be seen by more eyes is that I will repurpose them, make them better, republish that content so it's fresh, because clearly no one saw it when it first went out. Okay, so repurpose, republish, clean it up. Now the next ones are really just very specific promotional things that I do on a regular basis. And I think that you need to have a list of things that you're going to do every single week you put out a piece of content. My strategy does change, but here are these these things are things that I do now and I'll tell you the things I'm going to be adding in to my own strategy, my own process and my own system of promotion. These have all boosted my podcast reviews some of these I actually haven't stuck with, and I should I need to get back to them only because they boosted my podcast traffic so much that I was like, oh yeah, I, I don't know why I'm not still doing that. Because I doubled my views one month, then the next month they kind of tripled. Um, if I'm doing my math correctly, which I may not be. <laughs> but um, but definitely some of these things were really responsible for. The I was just shocked at how much more traffic I had just by doing a few of these. So one of those things was Instagram stories. So I, I don't like to do a ton of, hey, check out my new podcast um, that are that look very graphic-y and very promo-y on my feed, but I do I don't mind doing that in my Instagram stories and doing like a more behind-the-scenes casual video my phone pointed at my my computer and my podcast page or whatever. I'll even start playing my podcast just so that someone might be able to hear a clip of it. So that's been really great for getting new people new eyes on the podcast over to the site. And you know, one thing I want to say about Instagram as well is that I was using the link tree app, which if you guys don't know what that is, I'm going to link it in the show notes, but it allows you to link, you know, Instagram gives you one link. You can either change that every single time you have something new or send people to one hub and then they can see all of your stuff. But all of a sudden I was like, no, I'm giving my, I want that Instagram link juice to go to my site, not to Linktree's site. And so I stopped it because I think, it's short-sighted to say that I'm going to give all of my, you know, all of that SEO juice to Linktree. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just was not, I wasn't loving it. I want people to go to one thing. And usually it's a podcast or it's whatever I'm working on, or it's whatever someone might be um, I might be promoting for someone else. So I'm sticking to the old school link. So number four, which is another promotional thing that I do and that I'm gonna start doing more often. I don't I haven't been doing it regularly, but I've done it a few times, but I'm gonna take the cue of podcaster Taylor Bradford. She does this for her Boss Girl Creative Podcast. And she's done it actually in a few different ways, but it goes something like this. The day that she posts, she'll do a live stream of some sort. So she used to do it on Periscope. She may still do it on Periscope. I don't know. I should probably check that out. But she also just gets in her Facebook group for the Boss Girl Creative Podcast. And she does the Facebook lives, uh, just kind of taking that a step further, taking the episode a step further, asking questions, letting people inquire about different things in the podcast. So it becomes a way to do like the Oprah after the show type of thing, which I think is great. So there are obviously many different ways you can do this. You you don't even have to do streaming at all. You could do your Instagram stories just like this. You could do an Instagram Live and tell people, say, hey, yeah, we, we put this up today. If you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to it. If you have any questions, come back. It gives you another thing for people to interact with you. It gives people another touch point so they don't just have to go and download or just go and click play, maybe maybe they'll come to your Facebook Live first. Maybe they'll come to your live Instagram first. But I think this is a great way to kind of tell people it's there, because we've got these audiences we're building in different places. Not everybody on following me on Instagram is on my mailing list. In fact, I'm sure not a lot of them are. And the same thing, maybe with Facebook, there are more people who are on my list that are also in the Fearless Launching Lounge, which is my group. But If you're in there, you're gonna start seeing me do these on a weekly basis very soon. So the next strategy is one that's gonna take a little bit of work, but it's not difficult. It's literally like, okay, so you send multiple emails out about each podcast. So what you can do with this is you can send out, let's say to your list, hey, this just went up, this just went live, here's my podcast. And then a day, maybe a day, maybe one or two days later, Some people would just do it the next day. You can send it to anyone who didn't open. Most systems, you should be able to click on the number of people who didn't open and then automatically resend, or not automatically, but resend that broadcast to those people who didn't open. And I've seen digital marketer do this multiple times. I swear James Wedmore's been doing it, but I'm not sure if I'm just seeing things or I'm. <laughs> it's possible that I'm opted into him a few different times because you know we're all opted in like five million times to so the people we respect and we follow and we want to see what they're doing. Believe me, I know that people from from inside Infusionsoft. There are some people that are on my list six times, and no matter how many times I go through and try to merge my contacts. People just love opting in multiple times. So sending out multiple emails for each podcast. Now, the other thing you could do is you could include the mentions in your pod in your newsletter. So let's say you send out a newsletter day one, day two, you send it to non openers. The next week, when you've got a new podcast up, you can still say, did you miss this? There's another one at the very end, I'll share with you that I think is a great way to send and, and share. And you could do that by email as well. So stay tuned for that. Number six, you're going to drip out your content. So regardless if you're using email or social media, or you're using live streams or whatever, I like to drip out the content to give it time for people to find it in various ways. So let me explain this. First, let's say I'll send my stuff to the to the editor, and he'll upload the podcast, he'll get it out, he'll publish it. And then it's published. Sometimes, what my what my schedule has been, but I think I'm changing it again. I know, guys, I'm so sorry. But it will go out that one day. And then maybe even a few days later, the email that says, hey, my new podcast is up will go up. I was even I was even waiting like my podcast goes up on Thursday morning at 2am usually. And then my newsletter wasn't going out until Monday, so I was waiting a while. But what I think I'd like to do is, and and this is what I was doing before, so I'm going to just go back to this, podcast goes out on Thursday, email goes out maybe that next day, and then the next week, another email and some social. And then, so you have this dripping effect. Actually, social starts like the day after the email, and so you can kind of see where your spikes come from. So for me, I noticed right away that all my spikes come from my email list. Now, my secondary spike isn't from the isn't from the fresh social, it's actually from the social media, the updates that we add to Meet Edgar. So Edgar is also part of this dripping out the content because every 3 months or so however long that queue is for my podcast posts it it'll come back out again and i'll see that burst of people signing up for a content upgrade something that's in the post or i'll see that all of a sudden there's a spike in the in the views or the listens for that specific episode So I'll do that. Co-schedule is also another tool that I'll do to do weekly. I'll kind of like run through my most popular posts and the posts that didn't get a lot of play and share them again, like write a few more messages for them. So you can look for different ways to drip out your content. But I say I like doing it like this because when you release the content, the first people that are going to see it, that will give you kind of a true subscriber count in a lot of ways. Then your email will be your subscribers who may not even listen to your podcast on a regular basis. So then you'll see that spike. Then your social, once you start doing social, you'll also start seeing that spike. So I kind of like knowing that, okay, there's my subscriber spike, there's my mailing list spike there's my social spike. Okay, there's my ongoing Edgar spike. Um, so so think about how you can create these different spikes in your content and the way that people see your content. Actually, there was one other spike that I was doing too. So I just realized the first one was the podcast would go up on iTunes. The second spike was the, con- the podcast would go up on the blog, then it would go out in the newsletter, then the social, then to Edgar, then, you know, every month or so, it'll be probably looked at in co-schedule. So you can drip out the content however you like, but look at it in terms of, where are these spikes coming from? And and you know you might just dis- you might discover wow I need to get to that social faster because there is a huge spike of interest and traffic when I start sharing it via social. Or you might say you know what we needed an Edgar day one, or we need to make sure that maybe maybe you realize okay we need all of this up now, all of it up on the same day. Um, but I kind of love the dripping out because it really shows me the effectiveness and and your interest really in the content. So the final one I wanted to share, which I feel like I've kind of talked about a little bit here, is something that as I was recording, as I was writing this, I saw something pop up on my my phone. And and it was just an Instagram notification, which remind me, I gotta turn those things off. I had them, they were off, and then all of a sudden, now I'm getting notified about everything. So here's what it is. Monthly wrap-ups where you share what happened during the month. So you can do a monthly wrap-up of your podcast, of your posts, and you can do this in a few different ways. You could do it in all of these ways if you wanted. You could do it on email to your mailing list at the end of the month. Say, hey, we had a pretty crazy month. Here's what happened. Here's what podcasts went up. If you missed any, check them out. And then you could also do it on Instagram, like my friend Annette Stepanian. She is the one. Her her notification came up to me yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, that's a really good one." And it's I th- I think that is her. The way she did it was so great. So you could do that with images because now that they, they allow you to put multiple images in one post, you could do it with stories. And love that you can also take the best of the month and pull them together into a blog post and say, here's what happened, the June wrap up. So someone who does this or used to, I'm going to have to check out that because she generally sends out her monthly hit list wrap up. I can't remember what she called it, but Danielle Laporte did that. And I haven't, I mean, I think Pat Flynn has done it in the past as well, but I haven't seen so many of his. um, So I don't know. And I got to find out why I haven't been getting his emails. Okay, that's note to self. <laughs> you get to see all of my, my crazy meanderings in my mind here. You can also include it in your newsletter. You could do a monthly newsletter instead of just a monthly email. Um, email newsletter, you know, you might think they're the same thing and they they might be for you and that's fine. But think of how you can do a monthly wrap up either on the podcast. Um, for your posts, for your podcast, for whatever happened during the month. Maybe you have other things that you want to share that happened during the month. I think that email, Instagram, you could do the same thing on Facebook if you wanted, because they allow you to do like the gallery of images. You could do the blog posts. And this is a great way to get people, you know, get people motivated, interested in your stuff. And by the way, one of the things that I mentioned at the very beginning, the blog that converts, one of his content archetypes is actually doing a post where you're trying to make all these specific points and then linking to your own posts as the answers and as proof and as further information. So, in a way, these kind of wrap up compilation posts are really great for your blog and getting people to stay there longer. And the final thing that I wanted to just say, because I have mentioned them a few times, but I feel like they're just so easy to add in and they really do help bring people to your content. And those are content upgrades. So content upgrades really, you know, I feel like by now most everyone has heard of what they are. They're really just a way to create a quick one-page resource for key posts and podcasts that can help people take a step further So regardless if you're doing a monthly wrap up, if you're doing the cleanup of your old posts, if you're dripping out the content, if you are sending multiple emails, if you're doing Facebook lives, content upgrades really encourage people because it gives them something they get. Because when they think of the content, they might be thinking that's something they have to do. But if they're, if they come, if they read any of these Reminders about what you post, and they know there's something that they can get, that they can download, they can take with them, then maybe it sweetens the pot for them a little bit more. And it's an easy way to promote wherever that upgrade is without saying, hey, check out this post. Did you miss this? No, you can actually promote the actual content upgrade. So, the best tool ever to make these is lead pages. Lead pages makes it so easy. And I can't say enough, Um, I will link to everything that if you if you don't know about lead pages or haven't tried it yet, I really recommend just trying it out. You will, I don't think you're going to be sorry, because I think it's such an easy to use tool. And I don't know how I would have done anything in my business in the last couple of years without it. Anyways, so I'm gonna include links to that and links to some other things in the show notes today because as I mentioned, this topic of traffic, getting more traffic to your site, I think there's there's bunch of there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. I think it starts with asking that why question. And really having your own call to action, like all of my posts in the next two months, the reason I want traffic is so that my next launch, so that I can build my list for my next launch. That really gives you some direction on how you're going to do the promotion for the posts, what you're going to include in the posts, which posts that you update and republish. It's going to give you that direction. Getting traffic for traffic's sake is not really going to help you cuz i know a lot of people who have a lot of traffic to their site but they ain't making any money and i have never had really great traffic i'm not one of these 20,000 page views overnight type of person and like i said i barely have 10,000 on any given month unless i'm doing a launch unless i'm doing you know paid traffic and really focusing on all of these traffic getting strategies and I'm sending people to something real. So something important and I'm directing them. I'm not just trying to get traffic for traffic's sake and hoping that the right eyes land on my content. So I'd love to hear from you now. And this is because I'd love to know what you're doing to get content. If you are one of these people who have Tons of page views, tons of visitors to your site. Why do you have them coming to your site? And tell me what you're doing. Tell me your favorite way to bring new traffic to your site and new right traffic, new the right eyes, the right people. How do you attract those right people to your site? I am so thankful for this podcast for you letting me just kind of blah, 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 about my favorite topics. I get really excited about a lot of different business related topics. And I am definitely an online geek. I've been wanting to do a traffic podcast for a while. So, I hope you got some insights here, some ideas, and I would love to hear from you. Again, you can reach out to me at anne at That's my direct email, and I will get back to you personally. And if you are not subscribed to this podcast, head over to iTunes, head over to your favorite podcast app and search for The Fearless Launching Show. Leave me a review and um, a comment. I would love to hear from you. And we'll talk to you very soon. I've got some amazing people coming up. I know I keep saying that, but I actually do. And if you are an amazing person and you want to tell your launch story to me, well, reach out to us at support at and we'll get back to you and we'll, you know, pitch us, pitch me. I want to know what your story is. I want to hear from you. That's what fearless launching is all about is being okay. Telling your story, your, your successes, your challenges, your, what your so-called failures. And I am so excited to share more of your stories in the near future. So I will talk to you soon. Have a great rest of your week. And that is it. Bye-bye.